I'm so glad to welcome you here to the Clark Howard Show, where it's about you and your wallet. I hope you can learn ideas from me so you can keep more of what you make. Clark.com is our main website. You can follow me at Facebook.com slash Clark Howard. If you have a question for me, go to Clark.com slash ask. Coming up in a half hour, there are several big job categories that there's a technology freight train coming down the tracks, and it's actually going to eliminate a lot of those jobs that people now have. I want to talk about how we're going to deal with that in a half hour. If we ignore it, we will do so at our peril. So I want to talk about what we do to get prepared as a country and what you do as an individual. Speaking of individual and individual choice, one of the most difficult decisions anyone can ever face is what do you do if you have a loved one who is incapacitated, hooked up to life support, and what happens next? Do you keep them alive with all means possible? Do you let them go? Do you do somewhere in between? These are very, very um, personal and religious decisions that people make. The problem often, though, is that you leave loved ones trying to guess, trying to figure out what you would want, and you can't communicate for yourself. I think how many times I've heard people say he or she would never want to be kept like this. Why are they doing this? Why are they keeping them hooked up to machines? And then other people are very much of a mind that if medicine can keep somebody alive, and definitions of alive vary, that's why it's such a tough medical ethics thing, there are people who feel in their heart of hearts that's what should be going on that's what they should be doing my thing is this is personal this is individual and you should do the simple job of filling out the paperwork that takes care of this what traditionally was called a living will now often called advanced directives or durable power of attorneys for health care, or whatever. Each state has its uh, own statute about how you do it. A living will is generally a message. Uh, durable power of attorney for health care is the messenger. And a number of states put the two together in a single document. They're available for free on the Internet. The time to actually fill out the forms is usually under three minutes. Unless you're stumped, well, what do I really want? How am I going to answer this? I remember uh, my late mom, when she did hers probably 20, 25 years ago, was absolutely strident that she did not want artificial means and every choice on the form was minimal care and only palliative care. And that was her thing. And so I was in the craziest situation that I told you last year 
and you may have missed that. You may not have been tuning in on the show that day, but I was on a cruise ship sailing from Cozumel to Miami when I got a call on the ship that my mom uh, was not going to recover from her heart attack, and I was her messenger. I was the one in my two brothers and my sister were in my mom's hospital room, and they just, they were paralyzed. They just couldn't make a decision. And I was the one who was the durable power, and I was on a terrible internet connection on the ship, and I'm talking to the attending physician, and I said, my mom's uh, durable power of attorney says to turn the machines off, and that's what I authorize. And he said, that's exactly what your brothers and your sister said you'd say. <laughs> so I did it, and uh, my mom passed away before I got back to Miami, but it was her wish, and that's what we did. I didn't want her to linger just so I could be there by her bedside before she passed away. I wanted to honor her wishes. And so doing these forms is about treating someone with the medical care they would like to have. And there's a very easy guide on aarp.com, or is it .org, Joel? .com or .org, that you can do the forms. It's .org. And I know there are listeners who don't like AARP and so would not like to download a form on AARP's website. So if you Google your own state name and say living will, you'll be, it'll take you to the link for your state uh, statutory form and fill it out. But that's only part of your job. The other part of your job is to inform your loved ones that you have done it, what your wishes are, and where the form is. Because in medicine, if you don't have that form, they're going to err on the side of doing more than maybe you would have wanted. So don't fill the form, think you've done your work. You've only done your work when you've told the key people in your family or among your friends where that thing is kept and at that time, tell them what you wish. Rashida's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Rashida. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Great. Congratulations on the birth of your son. Thank you so much. What'd you name him? Noah. Noah. You know, that was what I wanted to name my son, but my <laughs> wife had other ideas. Oh, yeah. We, we, we decided on this name. We love it. So um, what we did since we didn't name our son Noah is we gave him three presidential names, not giving uh-huh. him too much pressure from birth <laughs> that, that he's supposed to do big things in his life. I hope he does. Well, he told me that that's not what he wants to do. He wants to be a CEO of his own company by his, by his 28th birthday. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, so we'll see what he does. I so, hope so he does. So how can I help Noah here? Okay, so, um, you know, we, we are deciding to save for his uh, education expenses, and we want to start soon. So I've been, like, doing my research regarding the 529 plans, and, 
that's where I'm, uh, I need some kind of help and guidance to kind of figure out uh, what kind of plan do we go ahead with? Uh, in an in- do we go ahead with an in-state plan, that's the state that I'm living in, or can we go ahead with an out-of-state plan? Can we use them, uh, depending on whichever plan we use, for his education expenses tomorrow in the future? So I, I don't know a lot about it, so I wanted to know more. All right, so the 529 plans are fantastic because... In many states, you get a tax credit for setting up a plan from your state. You then get tax-free growth of the money in the 529 plan. And then if used for eligible college expenses, it is then spent tax-free. All the earnings from Noah's birth all the way to when he enters college are yours tax-free to use for college. So they are really, really great plans. However... There are many 529 plans, and they range from absolutely rock-gut, terrible, awful plans to truly excellent. So you have this vehicle, the 529, which, because of the way it's tax-structured, at base is wonderful, and then there are great plans, and then there are terrible plans and those kind of in-between. So you know what I've done for you? Right. I, yeah. This is crazy. I do this, but I go through every 18 months, I go through every plan in the country mm. and come up with a list of the best plans in the country. And I do it by state and then overall. So, what state do you live in? Texas. So, Texas has one option for a 529 plan that is good. And if you wanted to stay in the Texas plan, I have a hyperlink to the good version of the Texas plan, because the state can even have more than one plan. Right. So I think, it, I think it has two or three plans, according to what I found online. So if you click on my link, I walk you through how to go in the good Texas plan. Yeah. And that would be great. How likely are you to over the next 18 years to move around the country, or are you Texas forever? Till now, we're going to be in Texas. Okay. Because what I was going to say is that if you might be moving around the country, there are better plans. Texas is a good plan if you go in the choice I have for you, which is the age-based ones. Yeah. But I have plans that are significantly lower cost than Texas, that are available in other states, and you're allowed to put your money generally in a plan from any state. So, Oh, you can put it in any state? Yeah. So you can let your money travel to New York, which is ultra-low cost, or California, or Nevada, or Utah, that are examples of some of the lowest-cost plans in America. They make what I call my dean's list with high honors. So yeah. if, we, if we go ahead and set up a plan which is out of state, we can still use it in state? Yes, completely. Okay. Yeah, the big advantage to going in your own state plan is because of the potential tax benefits you get from your state for putting money into the state plan. But Texas, you have no state income tax to start with. Yeah, we don't have state income tax. Right. So the big savings is on the federal side, and there's no upfront federal tax credit for putting money in it. It's just the long-term benefit of no tax. So look at my guide at Clark.com, 
and you'll be able to make a choice that seems best for you. Rocky is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Rocky. Hi, Clark. How are you? Great. Thank you. Rocky, you are doing something that makes you a brilliant man. (laughs) Thank you. 15-year loan. Yes. How did you end up so smart? I think it was for my parents. They've always just taught us to be very frugal and try to save our money and use it the best you can. Well, good for them. So let's talk this through. Tell me about what you're thinking of doing. Okay. So um, a couple of months ago, uh, we sold our home. We bought another house on a 30-year mortgage. And then about a month and a half later, we had a lease on our rental home come up. And so we decided, hey, let's get rid of this headache while we're at it. We sold that and we were able to do really well on it. And so we wanted to use part of that to go to a 15-year loan. All right. And the wonderful thing about doing a 15-year loan right now is the spread between 15 and 30-year loans is unusually large. The interest rate spread is nearly a point. So how's your credit score, Rocky? Uh, My credit score is 811. Oh, so if you're above 800, what's known as a golden credit score, you may uh, likely get an interest rate on that 15-year somewhere in the high twos. Okay. You probably have seen rates around that are right at 3% looking online, shopping around? Yes, I have. Okay. All right. Um, So it sounds like you've done your work. How can I help you? So what I've been doing is I've talked to several of your big lenders, um, the big banks, about getting loans. And Wait, 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 wait. You've been talking to the giant monster mega banks about doing your refi? Yes. Here you are, up to this point, everything you said was so hunky-dory wonderful, and then you just rain on your own parade by talking about doing a refinance with one of the stinking rotten four giant monster mega banks. Don't do it. (laughs) Online bank, credit union, online lenders, any of those great for a refinance but you know the the giant lumbering giant monster mega banks are so inefficient and so high cost that you'd have such large expenses doing a loan with any of them not a good idea are you a member of a credit union i'm not okay join a credit union or two in your area shop the online lenders use a mortgage broker or banker or both and see who gives you the best deal because on a refi you hold all the cards. Gene joins us on the Clark Howard Show. Gene, how are you doing? I am doing very well, Clark, and I just want to thank you for all that you do and um, compliment you on your, the revisions to your podcast. I have uh, been a podcast addict for quite some time, so it's, I'm really enjoying it. Well, thank you very much, and I, I hope you're not unhappy with the new music on the podcast. I keep having people gripe to me about the music. No, they just don't like change. Uh, I guess I that's I true. it's great, and it's, it's a lot easier on my ears when I have my earphones in. Well, I'm so glad. So you, uh, you have a quick question for me about sending money to where in the world? Well, I want to send it to Latvia. Um, uh, there's a few of us that want to support a, uh, a student that's going to be going to seminary, and so we're trying to figure out the best way to 
do um, either a monthly support or maybe we should pool our money to save costs. We just don't want a lot of it to be eaten up with Sure. I got the place for you. Okay. It's, it's a website called TransferWise. Okay. Which I think is a British money transfer service, if I recall. But TransferWise, um, all one word just crammed together, TransferWise, W-I-S-E dot com. Okay. Offers the lowest cost for sending money overseas. And it's very, very cheap to do, very efficient. You get the banker's buying rate, which is the best rate possible on sending the money, and it gets there in a jiffy. And I hope that the the experience for this student turns out great. Thanks for taking time out of your day to join us here on the Clark Howard Show where you learn how to save more and spend less and don't let anyone ever rip you off. Clark.com is our main website. Clark.com slash ask. Go there to ask me a question. Just want to ask a question of a member of our team, though. We do that nine hours every weekday. It's a free service of our show. It has been so for almost 25 years. On the main screen of Clark.com, just scroll down a bit from your phone. You should be able to dial right in from there. And if you're on a laptop or desktop, you'll see the number and hours available to call in for off-air advice. And remember, that is free. So I have a story in my hands that I read today in the Guardian newspaper, and it's about how many people are likely to lose jobs in retail because of automation over the next few years. And the number is a stunner in the United States. It's 7.5 million retail jobs. This has nothing to do with Amazon. I think everybody thinks everything happening in retail has to do with Amazon. It's not because Amazon. It's just because of technology. I... I was in a store with my um, middle child last night, and the store has both self-checkouts and checkouts with humans there. And we're walking up to the front, and all the registers that were self-checkout had a line behind them, and we walked right up and were the next customer to be served at one with humans. People are becoming so conditioned to do self-checkout that nobody even noticed that if they'd looked to their left, they would have seen they could have gone to a human. That's how the mentality has changed. And with the apps like the Sam's Club app, where you can ring up your own purchases on your smartphone as you walk around the store, and then you just check yourself out and you show your phone at the door, you show the app, there's no line ever to stand in, You ring up, you see what things are costing, what your total basket is. It makes it very, very easy to use the app that, is it called called Scan and Go? Yeah, Scan and Go is the name of the app. And so we've got these millions of jobs that are going to be on the line. And then there was a story I read two days ago about truck drivers that the technology is so close to being able to operate over-the-road trucks with full automation, with no driver present. And it's not like this is 
something that will be in 2035. This is in the next couple of years, as long as the laws permit, the technology's there and just needs to continue to be improved to do that. Again, a bunch of jobs that are eventually not going to exist. I'm not saying this to make you unsettled, agitated, anxious. The reason I say this is that jobs through history always change. If I were to, we should do this. We should get, you know how newspapers used to have help wanted? We should go back and look at the archives of newspapers like every 20 years. Look at the one ads, what they used to call the one ads, and see what things were being advertised as jobs that people were hiring for. And to name those things, it just makes it so clear that we don't see the change coming often, but there's always, because of technology and advancements and all the rest, there's always change in what people do and how they earn a living. And right now, it seems to be an inflection point because a lot of this is change in a much shorter period, a shorter cycle than historically has been the case, at least for some job categories. So, again, this is not about making you anxious or upset. What it is about for me is something that we as individuals have to be aware of and as a country we need to pay attention to. And that is, as individuals, we need to take initiative to get new skills, new training, new education, regardless of our age and stage of life, so that we are in a position, instead of having change happen to us, we make the change happen for us. Second, we need every state in the country to look at adopting, you can call it an industrial policy or whatever you want to call it, where we make available and ready for people access to training and further education for the jobs that are emerging where you live. There are states that uh, have been very forward thinking about this. I think as an example, the state of South Carolina, which years ago with so many German employers moving in, looked at every possible way they could train an apprentice workforce for the German employers coming in because that's so much a part of how people get skilled jobs in Germany. And South Carolina married the American system to what the German employers were looking for. And it's been working well. In Tennessee now with the availability of trade school education for any state resident available for free. Texas and Florida both coming up with Texas, specifically with a $10,000 four-year college degree, and Florida with converting its community college system to be able to offer four-year degrees in fields that are highly sought after by employers, but at ultra-low tuition cost for the state residents. So we have things that are assignments for us individually. We have assignments for our states where we need to think about not letting life happen 
not being spectators in our own lives, not being spectators in the future of the United States and the American workforce, we need to be prepared for the jobs not of today, but the jobs of tomorrow. It makes America stronger. It makes Americans more comfortable financially and gives people more mobility and makes them more employable. All these things work together to make this a better country. Frank is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Frank. How are you doing? Doing fine, Clark. Thank you very much for hearing my questions. Absolutely, Frank. How can I be of service? Well, my wife and I have come into uh, where we're thinking about buying some property down in, uh, on the coast. Excuse my voice. I, I'm an instructor for tractor-trailer drivers, and I've been yelling all day. <laughs> oh, man. So me just talking about those long-haul dro- jobs may be evaporating eventually. That was not music to your ears. Well, no, it's fine. I'll retire before that happens. Okay. And that's my question is pertaining to that in regards to we want to buy a rental property on the coast. And we're curious to find out the best way to go. Should we loan ourselves the money? Should we be keeping separate accounts as far as uh, credit cards and checking? Should we start an LLC? Which would be the best way for us to proceed in that situation? We've done the research. We think we found some property, a couple different properties that would be profitable. Uh, we would be managing them ourselves, but we wanted to figure out what would be the most prudent way to go to keep our personal liability out of it. All right, great question. So the LLC is specifically, primarily, for the liability question. And I'm not a lawyer, but I'll tell you, this is an area that when you talk to professional real estate investors and when you talk to lawyers that specialize in this area, they are big fans of having individual issue LLCs where each investment property you locate and buy is in its own LLC, which segregates it out if something awful happened where there was a massive suit about one property nothing else of yours and no other properties of yours are commingled or exposed that's awesome now if you only have a and you're not going to need to borrow money for these properties well we are going to be financing them but we'll be putting anywhere from uh, 20 to 30 percent down all right as a general rule you are not going to find the lenders amenable to you doing those in an LLC, potentially. And what's the alternative is that you own them individually, but you also have a large uh, umbrella insurance policy, which is an excess liability policy. I'm familiar sits... with those. I used to do arts and craft shows. Okay, so with, with an uh, umbrella policy, you can buy potentially millions of dollars of coverage for not a huge amount of premium per year. Okay. So in your case, if you are going to borrow to buy those properties, I would at least, as long as loans are outstanding, leave them where you own them, keep it simple, but you have the umbrella. Okay, and would that be an umbrella for each property or just... No, no, it's an, an umbrella covers everything in your life. Okay, all right. Well, that's what I thought. I just wanted to ask and make sure. I mean, I, I almost felt like being on Wayne's World going, I'm not worthy, I'm not worthy when you came on. Oh, come on. <laughs> so how many years would it take you to teach me how to drive a tractor-trailer truck? Uh, 
three or four weeks at the most. Oh, no. You haven't seen my driving. Everybody tells me I'm a terrible driver. Herman's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Herman. Yes, hello. How are you? Fine. Herman, you have a question for me about credit freeze. Is that right? Yeah, it's, uh, I have, I'm, I'm applying for an uh, extra credit card from the U.S. Bank, and, but I had frozen all my the accounts for TransUnion, uh, Equifax, Experian, and they say they have to, they can't process it while it's, uh, I have a freeze on those uh, credit uh, companies. So, but then what I did, I had uh, previously this uh, opt-out prescreen, and now I opted in on that, and I think that, that doesn't change. That doesn't change what they're asking you to do. Oh, okay. So what you have to ask U.S. Bank, and sometimes the people you talk to at customer service aren't going to know the answer. Mm-hmm. Is what credit bureau will they pull your credit from? Tell them your credit's frozen, and you need to know which bureau to thaw. Mm-hmm. And that way, you just do a temporary thaw. Uh, or what they call lift the freeze on just that one credit report. Yes, I have to, I have to go to the one credit uh, company individually and uh, pay the ten dollars to them to open it again. Right, but only for ten, only for a couple of weeks while they pull that credit out. So that's why you ask U.S. Bank, who is it they draw on? I have only I would say maybe one out of four times will I ask. Who do you pull a, a credit report from that the people I'm talking to at customer service at a company actually know who they pull from? Otherwise, I have to go through the process of thawing all three, which means I'm, if I have to pay a fee for it, which I do in my state, I'm paying three times over for that thaw. So I wish companies would train their employees on being able to answer that question it would be a good way to offer customer service instead of customer no service to people. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Hey, listeners, whether you love true crime or comedies, celebrity interviews, news, or even motivational speakers, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue, right? And guess what? Now you can call the shots on your auto insurance, too. Enter the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. The Name Your Price tool puts you in charge of your auto insurance by working just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance. Then they'll show you a variety of coverages that fit within your budget, giving you options. Now, that's something you'll want to press play on. It's easy to start a quote, and you'll be able to choose the best option for you, fast. It's just one of the many ways you can save with Progressive Insurance. Quote today at Progressive.com to try the Name Your Price tool for yourself and join over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Matthew's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Matthew, how are you doing? I'm great. Matthew, you have opened your own business. Congratulations. Thank you very much. I actually opened it about a year ago, and we're doing really well. That's so exciting because... You know, ultimately, you opening a business is what creates wealth for you and for the country as well. It doesn't always work out, but more often than not, it does. So congratulations to you for your guts. Thank you. How can I be of service with this business? Well, you know, like I said, the business is doing really well. Um, We're growing. We're starting to add to our staff. And one of the things that came up that I'm not quite 
sure what's the best way to handle it. Currently, I use my vehicle, my personal vehicle for everything, and just keep track of the mileage for the deductions. But now that I'm going to have other people that are going to be traveling on behalf of the business, I was wondering, is it better to pay the mileage to them and take the deduction or to lease or rent a vehicle and let the company pay for the uh, the fuel and the vehicle note? So there is no one right answer to this. This is this is one of the most confusing things that a service business faces because you're going to have employees who will vary in the quality of their driving and you know if they have an accident you have liability exposure and so there is not a thing that I can say automatically why don't you lease some vehicles for your company fleet or why don't you just pay people reimbursements i mean there because even if there are people who think, oh, well, if they're using their own car and something happens, it's on their insurance, not on mine. But it's not if they're doing, if they have something go wrong and they're in a wreck while they're on company time doing something for the company. Right. So there's, there's not easy answers for this one. And so... Why don't you think of it this way in terms of if you have a sense about what mileage reimbursement costs you over the course of a year and compare that to what you'd have in costs versus having your own vehicle fleet. Yeah. And that was one of the things I did. Uh, I looked at it as a salesperson is going to require about 1,800 miles per month. Of travel, and I think the rate right now it might be fifty-four cents. I know yeah, it, it changes down. every year, but yeah, let's just go with fifty cents to keep the math simple. So yep. we're talking nine hundred dollars a month. Correct. And I was thinking uh, one of these small vehicles that I could either lease or or purchase for maybe three hundred, three hundred fifty a month. Then the insurance and the gas that I would actually come out a little bit better on a lease or a purchase, and especially if I purchase because then. Even though it, the vehicle doesn't appreciate, I would still have some kind of equity built up in. All right, so the asset. the best deal in your situation, because of the number of miles you'd be putting on the odometer per year on a company vehicle, is to buy a two- or three-year-old used vehicle. Oh, yeah. And I didn't d- even think does about it, that. Does it need to be a truck or a van, or can it be a passenger car? No, uh, I was thinking more of a passenger car for the, the fuel economy. Well, not just that. Passenger cars are far more depressed in value right now as used vehicles than trucks, SUVs, or vans. So if if you look at two- or three-year-old passenger cars, right now you can probably find very, very reliable ones for somewhere in the range of, depending on how fancy you want it to be, ten to 15000 yeah. And th- that would be the ticket because then you don't worry about the odometer reading. The first owner has already taken the lion's share of the depreciation hit. And then you're operating a vehicle that's already at a low base cost to you. You're listening to The Clark Howard Show. If you've enjoyed listening to this podcast of our show, I'd love it if you'd subscribe. Whatever your favorite podcast app is, we're pretty much there. And whether you love what you hear from me or hate it, 
take time to write a review. It's how we all learn from each other is from those reviews. 